0: This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one.
1: Babysitters need to teach our kids the right work ethic. I
0: mean, if it's something I really enjoy doing, then yeah, you know, I work hard for it. If it's something I don't really want to do, I'm usually a piece
1: of shit about it. <laughs> Here at Municipal Waste Babysitting Services, honesty is our number one priority. How's little Timmy doing?
0: He ate a sandwich like that was sitting out. And
1: all day. Sounds like fun. I, lo- I like it a lot. They'll always be up front when it comes to your kids.
0: Sometimes they get a sweetheart going through there, and sometimes they get a fucking asshole.
1: They will treat your home like their own. Well, when I'm sitting when I'm at, when
2: I'm at home, I don't like to just sit around and fucking get stoned all day and do nothing. I like to be productive constantly and, and get, get stoned. And get
1: and get stoned. You can always trust Municipal Waste to put the right sitter in your house. There's
0: also apparently a... Not a serial killer, but some guy who's like extremely wanted in the United States.
1: Parents, if you're uncomfortable with one of our members, we'll listen to you. would let our drummer
0: Ryan in because he had a DUI nine years ago. Municipal Waste
1: Babysitting Service. Keep downloading music, fuckers.
3: This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your host, Brandon Hahn and Petter Spych.
4: This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. It is uh, me, Petter Spych. I am always joined by my co-host here.
1: The very enthusiastic Brandon Hahn. And uh, the person that's replacing his sad ass. Jocelyn Sharp. Uh,
4: sad ass. <laughs> yeah. Kick you, rocks. No, every week. No, don't kick <laughs> rocks. We're going to miss you. But anyways, <laughs> this week, guys, I got to interview not one person, but actually three. First person we got to interview very excited about this one. Nick Holmes from Paradise Lost, dude. Oh, we're going to talk about the new record Medusa. It came out a little while back, I believe it was September 1st, but if you guys haven't got it yet, we're going to play two tracks. And then we get to interview one of the bosses, co-founder of Metal Sucks, Axel Rosenberg, and Emperor Rhombus. They how do we
1: get that? How do we get that interview? I don't know how I reached out to. <laughs> how Axel. the fuck did you get that?
4: But their book, guys, Hellraisers, um, is coming out. Definitely check it out on Amazon and all that stuff. We will get to that. And I'm actually we broke this interview into a two parts. So you're going to get the the end of that interview the next episode coming up. But we're just going to do part one of that interview this week. So, anyways, me and Jocelyn went to a concert this week. Oh, dude, tell me about it. Tell yeah. me all about it. Okay, we went to uh, it was Overkill, Crowbar, Havoc.
1: My Uh, dick's hard. Nice. I'm sorry.
0: Please don't have a hard dick right now. I'm sitting across the table from you. There
1: is a girl in the room. Yeah. Yeah, but Pete's in the room. You only get a hard <laughs> dick
0: when there's only guys in the room That's the only way I
1: do it. Keep me out so, of everyone. Never get room.
0: hard around a woman. What's wrong with that's you? That's
4: why I never played sports. So <laughs> there is nobody who has a talent to like just erase my mind with a comment like Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, I was gonna talk about a specific thing about the concert when we saw it. Well, because
0: I get pissy when tall people stand in front of me.
4: Oh yes. Yeah, so so and that's the thing is that there's I am a tall person. And we're going to talk a little bit about concert etiquette because, you know, Jocelyn Sharp, not a short person, but not a tall person. How tall are you, Jocelyn?
0: I'm 5'10". She's
4: That's pretty tall. Damn tall. That's I know, I but the too. thing is,
0: is like a lot of dudes at concerts are giant.
4: Yes. I have this problem every time I go to a concert, and I'm not a giant. I'm 6'3", as you know. And so when I, whenever I find a place and stand there, I hear the people behind me pissed off every fucking time. That's their fault. Tell them to
1: drink more milk. But there's nothing I can do. I, I recall... Being in a place like milk. Yeah, it helps your bones. You grow. Osteoporosis. That helps people grow? Yeah, when you're 12 milk eight. yeah you're making this up bro Yeah, that's yeah. what the cartoons told me <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're being like, so weird right and spinach now. gives you muscles. <laughs> it, does. Right? it
1: fucking does you know how many people i've beaten the shit out of after i took some spinach and meth
4: <laughs> wait 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 the second part <laughs> what the second spinach? part was not spinach? in popeye it was not in popeye.
1: spinach spinach yeah
4: okay I, maybe i heard something that i wasn't supposed to hear <laughs> so anyway so i will be in a Who spot wants to race in a concert and then I'll hear the people talking shit behind me. And it's like, no, I'm not going to move. I'm sorry that your girlfriend's five foot two. My yeah. girlfriend's five foot two. Put her
1: on your shoulders and show them. Well, those. my
0: issue is a lot of the time with the dudes that are like wander. they'll, you know, they would be like a group of four people in like a GA place mm-hmm. and they'll be wandering around their little group right there. Yeah. My issue is stay the fuck planted so I can plant myself in between your two shoulders and still see the concert.
1: Also,
4: to be on the other side of that, why am I not allowed to move at a concert? Well, we're
0: like, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, like they're like switching spots. Like the girlfriend's like, I want to stand here. And then she's like, now nah, I want to stand here. And then they're like, now nah, I'm going to go get a beer. I'm like, that's fine. But
4: that does happen. I, obviously, my girl's going to stay and I have to go get the beers, Jaws. Which is fine. And then I got to come back with the beers and piss off everybody behind me
1: because I was gone and they were watching, you know, Havoc do their thing, but now I'm blocking them. That's their fault. So this is move. This is you can move five feet to the right, five feet to the left. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes you can't. You can't. So so you're right about that. You're right
4: about that. And I've had people throw shit at me because I'm tall. It happens all the time. I don't get that mad. I've had people just chuck ice at me, like sit down, you know, or or like move out of the way. And I'm like, dude, if you're you're
1: sitting down, like if you're like if you're if you're like we're in the seats, you know what I'm saying? Like if you're on the floor, shut the fuck up. If you're standing up, and there, and you're so tall that the person behind you, who is on a raised platform, cannot see over the top of you. Now you're kind of being a dick. No, here's the thing.
4: It's because, and, and it could be a venue thing, but if you're at a concert and everybody's standing up in front of you, which has happened many times, so you're at a Guns N' Roses and show, everyone's standing right?
1: up, then you should stand. Then up Then
4: you need to stand up. Now, if I stand up, yes, I'm black and blocking the people behind me.
1: Okay, It wasn't Whoa, funny. Wow, it wasn't funny. What? Wow, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna I'm gonna take this from another. I'm gonna take this off another podcast. <laughs> All right, that's a tie-in to rise to offend. Wow, because I saw
0: the hope in your eyes that we didn't hear it. Yeah, (laughs) that's what's funny to me. Okay,
1: anyways, God save Arizona means that what I said was racist. No, but seriously, Pete, get black to what you were saying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We got your (laughs) black.
1: As long as you don't got my six, I'm good.
4: (laughs) Anyway, so so uh, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, so if I raise up, I'm blacking the people. God damn it, I'm blocking
5: the people behind me.
4: (laughs) <laughs> and uh, so uh, that's not my fault because I want to see, right? So if they want to sit down yeah. and they throw ice at me, is it my fault? No, it's their Honestly, fault. Honestly,
0: I have a lot more empathy for the tall guy in front of me than I do the person recording the entire concert. That shit's different yeah. because
4: I do see a cell phone in my way when I'm looking at a concert and someone's taller than me. I'm like, dude, I just saw the, the – the, when, I, when I saw the Colt Luda at Julie Christmas, There's a dude at the front of the barricade and he was just – Cell phone out the whole fucking concert headbanging, not even watching, and pretty much blocking all our visions with his fucking phone. See, right? that's
1: bullshit. That See, shit makes me want to slap his phone, but that's a a, a nine hundred dollar device. Do well, not want pe- to do that. The right? people with the phones though, the people that are recording the concerts, who in the fuck? is watching the when I don't when ever they get record. I a, always take no. a picture. But, okay, a but picture everybody is I talk one to, thing. A picture is oh, a one picture thing. a picture is one thing. Yeah, but a picture a one is thing. one thing. But recording the concert, like, you are really going to go home and watch. You're going to post it on the internet along with the other yeah. ten fucking morons that are right next to you. The sound is garbage. Yes, the sound's garbage. You're Everybody, it's almost like everybody. And you're head banging while holding it. It's shaky. Well, this is how, this is what it is. People are waiting for a tragedy to happen when they're recording. They're waiting for somebody to fall off stage. They're waiting for someone to, to get fucked up. That's what it is it's Man, that's, that's interesting that's what i think it
0: is now i, I mean, think those kind of people have garbage friends who actually will be like check out this video bro in their mom's uh, basement and you know
1: they're uh, yeah. like i think it's what kind people, of a garbage friend wants to watch that yeah you're a garbage friend if you if you watch your friends shitty fucking bootleg video phone. that he took yeah <laughs> i think
4: it's a drunk person that's just like i won't remember the concert so let me record it That and could it d- that
1: yeah. that's
4: exactly what it is our, our producer danny just raised his hand saying yes that's me no, by the way so Dude, he, I, he records it when I'm he's drunk saying, he's like you, i might as well remember it somehow if you record
1: yeah. a concert just get black to the back of the black of the room you know what i mean just, like, just get to the black <laughs> just, of the room just you should like, do double down now because that was an act we're gonna pull
0: some stuff uh, uh, from the other podcast you might as well pull both
4: it's got double a name down. jocelyn it's got a name <laughs> she's on it too but she doesn't want to mention it. Uh, I, <laughs> I, don't,
1: I don't want to talk about it you don't want to talk about you don't want to talk about rise to i love rise to you fucking better anyway so anyways guys so uh it's
0: just it's like i feel like there's a certain etiquette that sometimes some people just feel like like (laughs) this is gonna sound so corny like Metalheads have this like Anarchy thing inside of us And I get that And Mm -hmm. then like There's this nihilist thing And I get that But sometimes at concerts I'm like Can we just be a little bit Of a grown up Like I'm a little bit Like can you use a coaster Like sometimes I feel like that A little bit as an adult Like when I was a kid I was all for fucking shit up And moshing And punching people And getting in fights But now as an adult I really am like I just want to see this band That I love And I want to be able To pay attention And listen to them And watch them play And
4: and I I relate with that As I want to have good memories And I don't want to ruin Someone else's time Yeah yeah. I do relate to that in that way. But unfortunately, I'm tall, and it's impossible. Right. So but, I have but to your, ruin But to your point, tall. those people are
0: usually standing. You're already standing there, and they're coming behind you and getting upset.
4: No, but uh, no, no. This is true. But like I said, if I go get beers and, and come I back. come back, they they don't think I'm already standing there. They think I just fucking busted in and was like, I just ruined their. Well, time. My, yeah, that's
0: true. You really yeah. can't help it.
4: And the thing is, with my, well, unfortunately, you, know, you changed
0: my mind. I'm not going to. I as have empathy about it anymore. for people
4: that are behind me, and I do look behind me sometimes. And the faces that I get, like you, motherfucker, you're going to stand right there. We can't even see the. Band. and then so I'll even shift for them because I don't want to ruin someone else's time I so,
0: ask I turn around and ask can you see and I'm
4: definitely not gonna be sitting nope. down I want to be in a general I go, I go th- see oh, this yeah. is what I
1: do I go nope you should have got closer sorry I, sh- I came in afterwards my wife like for example if I get a couple of beers and I go I'm gonna go grab a couple of drinks I'll grab some drinks my wife who's very short yeah she's she, like I, five foot yeah. Yeah, she's five feet tall so I go over there and I come back with the drinks and I get and then I hear oh god uh, well then go around fuck face Fight your way to the front of the fucking show. Yeah, short and it, people get to the front. Yes, that's what it is. We should have, that's what I'm getting at. You know what I mean? And it's like, like you, we're taking a class photo. I said, it, I
4: said it in sarcastic ways, but I like that no, you're like, I'm yeah, telling, I agree with you. I'm telling
1: you. <laughs> if,
0: we, if we don't turn around at concerts, we never would have saw that guy barfing in his own beer at Slayer.
1: That was a life-changing experience, and I'm glad I saw it. <laughs> Cause. That guy's cell phone was out. Yeah. <laughs> way, that guy's cell phone. Out? Was, he was he recording he was while he
4: was He was recording
1: barfing? the show while he was barfing oh the beer. Oh my god, I didn't even That's notice that. Exactly yeah, what, what I'm we talking were too about. busy <laughs> focusing on the barf. Because it was. And the uh, thing is, though, is when we were looking behind him, though, he had a cell phone out. We couldn't see that glowing screen. So it's probably why I didn't. The people behind it. him could. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. all right, he, he's just throwing up but on the ground. And see the people behind him miss the barf, and they got the they got. He didn't get
0: it on the ground. It all made it in the cup. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. And when he filled
4: up that one, he put it down and picked.
1: Yeah. That's what <laughs> <it> happens. Did you hear a place. refill.
4: I'm going to tell you like this. As a, I'm going to yeah. say it because I'm, sorry when I think things I'm are, laughing before I said the
5: when
0: joke. I, when they think things are funny, I get real snidely whiplash. Yeah, I was
1: about to say it. <laughs> no, it's not snidely whiplash. That's the guy. It's the Muttley. Muttley, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: that's me. That's how okay. I laugh.
1: So, guys, uh, right before we get to the interview, I want to
4: tell you really quick about Metal Blade Records. On October 6th, one of my favorite bands, the Black Dahlia Murder, returned with their latest album, Nightbringers. It's featuring dynamic riffs that are both fresh and classic. The Black Dahlia Murder's Nightbringers is a collection of tracks that shifts through many moods and effortlessly incorporates various elements of extreme metal. Catch the band on tour this fall. Along with Suffocation, Decrepit Birth, Neck Rot, and Warm Witch. Pre order the album today and get tour dates at metalblade.com slash TBDM. Again, Metalblade.com slash TBDM. And now on to the interview with Nick Holmes from Paradise Lost. This is Peter with Metal Sucks Podcast, guys. I got Nick from Paradise Lost here on the phone with me. Uh, how's your day, man? How's everything going?
5: Oh, yeah, okay, man. Um, yeah, I'm just, um, well, we're we sort of busy with festivals over the summer, so most weekends, we're kind of busy then, we have took a few days off in the early week, and then we're back to it at the weekends again, so, uh, but yeah, I'm just kind of chilling at home a little bit, I guess, at the moment. So, awesome,
4: man. Yeah, you guys got a few more shows, and then you're going to start up a, a kind of a, a full European tour, I think, end of September, and you're taking out one of our favorite bands out here in the States, Paul Bear. Um, how, how Are you excited to play with those guys? Have you guys toured
5: before? Uh no, we haven't told before, but yeah, no, definitely, yeah, they're they're a really good band, and I'm looking forward to meeting the guys. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's um, we're looking forward to it. You know, uh, yeah, like you say, we start um, I think, I think it's 27th of September or something like that. Um, so yeah, so yeah, it's gonna be good. Hopefully, it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be. I would, I wish. Unfortunately,
4: I'm in the States that I can check out that tour, but uh, let's talk about the new record. So Medusa, when this comes out, it will be out now. Um, it is the 15th record you guys have done, and uh, it is on Nuclear Blast record. How, uh, Records. How did the, the flow and completion during the writing cycle of this record go?
5: Um we we wrote it quite quickly actually. Uh, we had the very uh, we, we knew we knew what we wanted to do. You know, um, I think when we did the last album, there was a song called Beneath Broken Earth on there, which was we put that song together really quickly at the end of the recording sh- session, and uh, we sort of liked how sort of natural it felt to write that, and uh, we sort of decided let's just do more of that kind of thing, you know. So which is basically what we did, and uh, yeah, it's been uh, the, the the writing process is probably one of the fastest. He's taken us, because we usually, we usually take the best part of a year, but it was, yeah, it's quite, I guess, you know, that's means it was quite natural and flowed very well. And so, yeah, it was, uh, it's, like I said, the song beneath Broken Earth was kind of the catalyst for the whole album, really, I think.
4: And when, uh, like, The Plague Within was extremely well-received. I mean, we everybody loved it. And Medusa is on par, if not better, but having such great new material, like I said, you guys are on the cusp of your 30-year uh, together as a band, having such you know, great new material that fans want to hear. Is it hard to put a set list together?
5: Yeah, it is. But it's, it's funny because everyone else, I mean, you know, there's so many different songs we could do. And over the past, uh, I mean, our drummer Walter, he's new in the band and he's wanting to try out other songs, but we've probably tried them at some point in the last 20 years, which you know, he wasn't around then. So it's, uh, it's yeah, you, I mean, you tend to stick with the old favorites, but then there's a lot of old favorites. Before you know it, you, you'd be on stage like three hours or something. <laughs> so it's like, it's kind of a, yeah, it's, it's, we have, I mean, we have the staple songs that we do, and people kind of get, okay, we're going to hear this again. But, I mean, uh, we, we always do polls, and the polls are always saying the same song. It's kind of strange. But, yeah, it's – it's. but, I mean, I think now with the last two albums, and especially with the new one, we're going to just predominantly play most of the album, you know. And we did that on the last tour as well. We, I think we played about seven songs off the last album, um, which isn't always popular with a lot of bands. But, you know, if we, we sort of believe in the album, and uh, hopefully we're just, we, we can do that, you know.
4: I'm one of the fans that want to see that every time. I, I actually complain about this show all the time, how when I see a band like and they have the same set list every time because they have so many hits and so many songs that we know. But it's like I get the new records and when the new records are phenomenal, that's how I remember tours amazingly enough, because like 10 years go by. You're like, remember when you saw Paradise Lost? Yeah. What were they playing? Then I remember the songs and that's how I remember what tour yeah, yeah. I saw you guys on. So I love hearing stuff like that. And um, but you did bring up uh, the new drummer. I'm so sorry. I don't think I can say his name, but Waltery is his first name, right?
5: Walteri Barcumen Barcum even I can't say. It, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I looked at I, it I, and I just my heart I dropped. Had like, it then. I almost had it and then it went. It just went away from me the last minute.
4: <laughs> so w- we're just gonna call Waltery. We'll call him Walt. Yeah, let's, right. let's keep it simple, even though it's not probably cool. But uh, so he's 22 years old. So when you have he's, a guy,
5: this, he's 23 now. He's, he's okay. a big. He's a big. He's a big lad. He's 23 now. <laughs> 23 now. Wow.
4: When you have a guy enter the band at that age, the perspective must be just how the world is seen and all those things so different. Like, uh, how, how is that? Is it, does it in, like reignite you guys or does
5: it give you hope? For the future? Uh, I mean, he's, he's very, uh, he's very mature for his age. I mean, it, it isn't like talking to a, a, a you know, I, well, he's not a kid, he's a man, but you know, it's not like talking to a young man. I, I don't, not really. He seems very, very level headed and he's very, uh, he's very mature in, in, you know, many, many aspects. I mean, we've got children older than him, uh, and, um, yeah, no, he's, he's, you know, he's very enthusiastic. He's very much of a, a modern drummer. You know, he's grown up listening to many, many different types of music, whereas, you know, drummers from our generation were probably, they, they probably only listened to bands like... ACDC or you know or that kind of thing you know there wasn't so many bands to choose from and so many good drummers around but now there's like a vast array of good drummers uh, so yeah he's very much a testament to, to you know he's got all the influences he's taken over the last you know being a teenager when he started drumming but uh, yeah no he's very he's very level headed you know he's, he's very easy to get along with you know and now, so you said that Medusa
4: was easily written. You guys kind of it flew, real, flew by you know, almost in a way. Um, did did you guys have the songs maybe written ahead of time, or did he come in when the writing process was there?
5: I mean, it was it there. I mean, we always uh, Greg, He just kind of demos the songs. I mean, you you kind of ninety percent know what it's going to you know what the songs going to be. The arrangements going to be on the album because we rarely change the arrangements now. Uh, when we when we demo them. You know, we demo them, so you know they're very, very listenable as demos, and you can hear everything that's going on. And if anything needs changing, then uh, it probably will be done at the demo stage. So when we do the album, it's it's kind of in in you know it's forged in fire, so to speak. So everyone knows what, what's going to happen. But uh, I mean, we, it was quite unconventional way of writing with Greg. He would just literally just take sections of um, singing that I'd done over certain riffs, and then he kind of just welded it all together, and, and then changed the singing lines to put them over different riffs. And it's quite a very unorthodox kind of way of writing uh but for him it actually works a lot faster it was a lot more productive for him to do that yeah you know?
4: nice yeah okay. so so let me let me touch base on this because the medusa the mythos and the figurehead is i is a is a fa- a favorite of mine ever since i was a kid that was probably my scariest kind of thing so it always stuck with me so um it, the metaphor for the medusa in today's society is endless to me so um yeah. But how did you find this miss, mythology ins, inspirational and, and decide to kind of write a record behind it?
5: Well, I mean, it's, it, Greg just called – we always have, like, working titles, and they usually like, one, one word, you know, sort of, like, doom, loop, death. There was always one word for each song, uh, and he just happened to call one Medusa. And I, like you say, I always like – I've got very fond memories of it, and it was a very sort of terrifying thing when I was a kid. Uh, but uh, – It's also it's the kind of title that I would never have thought of using for an album. So I'm I'm always looking out for new words that I I would not normally use. You know, after all these years, it's nice to, you know. So that but I thought I've got to justify calling it producer. So I just kind of looked looked at the metaphors and I think like the uh, from a very sort of nihilist perspective, the one about um avoiding looking in the, uh, the Medusa's eyes is like avoiding how depressing that reality is and how depressing the universe is meaningless you know so I kind of like that description because that was a very PL type of description yeah. so so I mean that, I mean, that's all it took I, I was happy with that description of it so I let, I, yeah, let's call it Medusa you know?
4: I always thought like because I, I um, for me growing up I didn't want to see things that I think that would harm me or, or change my perspective like I always try to live in my own mind in my own perspective of like a positive way kind of and so like if you drive by a car accident and you see, you know something bad has happened. I would always look the other way where everybody else would stare at it, and I would always put that yeah. metaphor as Medusa. Like you, there's things you can't unsee. Yeah. You know,
5: well, it's, yeah, it's kind of a similar. Yeah, it's a very similar sort of thing. Yeah, I suppose you can you know, read. Yeah, read into that for sure. Yeah, that's a quite good, another, quite good description of it. I think. Yeah, and and in today's society, there,
4: like you were saying, there's things that we can't unsee, but there's also things we can't like not. We have to see, I guess. Because of like maybe, you know, the internet or maybe how media is thrown at us. It's like, I, I virtually cannot avoid not seeing things now. It's impossible.
5: Um, where before... Yeah, I mean, well, this is it. Yeah, this is it. I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, and it's the same for, you know, our, our children as well. I mean, they see some things that they shouldn't even have to see at their edges, you know. It's like insane, in some of the stuff around, you know.
4: Yeah, and that's actually a great point. Like, for your children, like, I have a ch- child, but he's only 20 months old. And this is my big fear. I'm like, how do I make sure he doesn't run into something frightening too early like you know like I, I wonder about yeah. that like because back well, in the day you uh, can kind of control his media
5: yeah I think people are desensitized as well though you know I mean I mean, the, the, the kind of scariest thing we ever saw as kids was probably things in horror films and then you would see the big one was people getting beheaded in a horror film. That was like the worst that you could ever see. I remember seeing it in the Omen. I think it was, I know it's kind of horrific in a film, you know, but now it's kind of not such a big deal anymore. It's just like people are just completely sensitized by things. It's kind of pretty, pretty shit. That's shit really.
4: <laughs> I agree with you. And that's And that, and cause I'm a huge horror film fan myself. And, uh, And that's something that I I try to keep in my youth because I always, uh, even with metal, I think there's a certain age you have to find it. You have to find your love for horror films and metal at a certain age. You know, I don't think a a twenty-eight-year-old is going to go back and be like, "I love horror films." Like, you have to. If you miss it, you kind of miss it. Which I feel bad, you know, for people that did because it's such an important part of my life. But, um, but you said it very well. Like when it's desensitized, and then it when we're desensitized, and then horror films have to take it to a level that is. You know, beyond the campiness that that brought us the fear, right? Or same with metal bands. Certain metal bands have, try to take it to a certain level that they forget the whole point, you know, of what they're yeah, doing. Yeah. It's just shock, right? And yeah, totally. And how do you shock people today, though? It's impossible, <sighs> right?
5: It's it is it is. I mean, you can. Yeah, it is. It's, it's something you can enjoy, and, and it, yeah, I think, I think maybe rap artists. But probably more, more kind of dangerous than metal. I mean, it was when I was a kid, it was always metal bands were the scariest. And, they, you know, they were like, the, it was the noise and the scare and the long hair and scruffy guys. And <laughs> and now it's kind of, that isn't, it's not dangerous at all anymore, you know. But it doesn't mean say it's not good, but it I just, you know, it hasn't got the same sort of danger element. I mean, maybe it has to, I don't know, maybe it has to younger people, but I don't think it has. I don't know. I, I agree
4: with you. I, I think that we've gone back to the point because images are so, we're just sensitized to images now that words... Or what offend people? Words are what scare people. Like, and you say when a rap artist says something, people are frightened. And like, how do I react to that sentence of hate or that sentence of, you know, shock more or less? Rather than, yeah,
5: I mean, what I mean when I was, you know, when I was a kid, when people. You know, there was like people with Mohicans, with like the punks. that yeah. were kind of scary. You know? They were always scary guys with these guys with Mohicans. And now these guys, kind of working in Walmart with Mohicans, it's not, not even cares anymore. It's just nothing anymore. You know, it's like, yeah. yeah.
4: <laughs> what is the next? And that's that's something that music. I, you know, I, I like to. I like. I want to be the parent to be scared of music. I want to be like, no, don't do that, kid. You know, but I don't. I don't foresee it coming to to me. I think that we've really. Uh, because of yeah, like the internet, we've really tested the boundaries of any kind of shock, you know.
5: Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. It's just I mean, it's just like I said it's, it's just it's a strange thing. But uh but yeah, I think people still, you know, still people are uh, very much as passionate about the music, and they love, you know, they you know, like, like the imagery and of various bands that have all that. I think they still very, you know, people like to see it, you know, a little bit of theatre. But uh the thing that's kind of you know making people kind of cry when they're watching it, I don't, I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs>
4: so, you, like I, we just mentioned a little while back, 30 years you've been singing in a metal band, 30 years. So, what is the most noticeable change with your voice through all that time? Was there ever a point where you're like, wow, this is different? This is something easier or better or
5: harder? uh I mean, you saw uh, the voice. I mean, there's interviews with me and Greg where we're talking, and I mean, our voices are really high. I mean, we're, we're like 20 maybe 23, but there's very different voices to they are now. I mean, and Greg's was very high. Uh, but, the, you know, there's YouTube clips of his talking I always kind of chuckle because he sounds like we've had helium balloons, you know, it's like, but, uh, but yeah, no, the voice has definitely changed. I mean, um, I guess everybody does over a length of time. And, uh, but I tend to, you know, I do, I do look after myself. Well, I try to look after myself a lot more now than I did do. When I thought, you know, I was invincible in my 20s, uh, which then I realized I wasn't. So, uh, yeah, I, I tend to try and, you know, make sure. And, the, and everything's about the gig now, whereas in the, in the old days, everything was about the party, you know. Now it's the opposite way around, you know. It's like about the gig, so.
4: Would you change I'm anything? Would you, if, would, did, is there a point where you wish there was more about the gig earlier on or you're like, no, that's exactly how I wanted it to go?
5: Uh, I don't know I mean some respect I mean but it was a, it was just the times it was those times you know everyone just kind of just it, it, you know I mean now I think younger bands now are a lot more professional in general I think you know they, they really are very very professional they don't seem a party, but I think a lot of that's the internet because you can't do anything anymore because you're on video all the time yeah so, so anything you do there's going to be a, ch- a trace to it uh you know you can have a you can have a wild party somewhere and no one would ever know about it you know uh, but now it's everywhere. So I think people tend to be maybe a bit better behaved and just get on the job in hand because maybe because of that. I don't know.
4: Yeah. It's lessened, I guess, the, the – yeah, it's lessened that youth feel of just carelessness and all that stuff because there's cameras always on us now, right? That's a that's a very yeah, good point. Yeah.
5: yeah. I mean, like I say, I mean, you know, do I, 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 you feel you like a, an idiot, there's going to be someone filming you. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, and, I mean uh, – and even if they, if they haven't been filmed in the morning, you think, D- was I filmed? You know, That's, even if you were, not you know. Like,
4: <laughs> and, and that film, whether it be thirty seconds of you saying something stupid or doing something idiotic, will haunt you the rest of your life. <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah. So that will yeah, be it part is, it's, of your it's, its legacy. Yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so sort of, you know, he's. Um, yeah, you. I mean, you think, I mean, it's like my my kids. I mean, you know, they like. Uh, 20 and 20 and 16. Now they just film everything. You know, they film everything. They invite me into the, you know, the the bedroom. They say something cheeky to me, then I respond, and they record my response to send to their friends to laugh. You know, <laughs> <Yeah. like>
4: <laughs> so and that's funny because I think kids are going to be like, because I'm I'm on vacation right now, so I I'm building shelves in my garage and I'm putting all my books on the shelves because I have too many right. books and I'm looking at them right before I did this interview and I'm like. There's not enough time in my life now to read all these books, you know, that I've, right. I've amassed. I think kids yeah. are going to be like that with the videos they amassed. There's not going to be enough time in their life for them to view all that stuff back, you know?
5: Yeah, yeah. Like, like yeah, I'll get to the point where, uh, yeah. I mean, when they do with the Snapchat video, though, because I just said, well, where's, that, where's the video gone? And they just said, oh, it's gone. But I said, where is it gone? It's got to be somewhere. And they said, no, no, it just vanishes. I said, it doesn't vanish. That goes somewhere, you know. Yeah, <laughs> they no, do, they I, I, don't... it
4: doesn't vanish. I'm with you.
5: <laughs>
4: it will haunt you. It will be.
5: <laughs> yeah, it's somewhere, you know. Someone's got, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's in the air somewhere, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's a scary
4: thought, though. And I just know that any, anything that we've ever filmed or any pictures and all that stuff, I used to tear up negatives. I hated. Oh, that's garbage, man. That that is, yeah, well, is that, gone.
5: Yeah, I remember going to school, you know, and you wouldn't want someone to see a picture of you where you did not look particularly flattering on it or yeah, there was just, yeah, you wouldn't not even show people that picture, but now there's like it's like warts and all, isn't it? It's just like everything, it doesn't matter, you know.
4: Yeah. yeah. And I guess there's two <laughs> ways to look at it. I guess you can be like eh you know, now that now it doesn't matter where before you did put more care, I guess, into like grooming your hair and all that stuff. Like because but now it's like roll out of bed and take a photo. There's there's no way you'll always look good.
5: Exactly. you has got to get on with it. You know, I guess you know. Yeah. <laughs> so,
4: <laughs> <laughs> another theme that I really liked on this record, uh, the Medusa record that uh, I thought was cool is that how, you know, modern man's quest for meaningless uh, um, trinkets, I guess, encompasses a lot of decisions that we make for our entire life. Um, and now how do you how do you I'm sure you felt the same desires of, of wanting just, you know, material things like all of us do because it's kind of programmed in us. But uh, mm. do you consider that as a waste of someone's life or time to want those things or is the passion and desire in wanting something all that really matters?
5: I don't know. It's a, it's a tricky one. I mean, I, yeah, to a point, I can see it. You know, it, this is the thing because it is nice getting nice things. Everyone likes to get nice things, and uh, but then once you've got everything, I, I don't know. It's maybe I can understand why people maybe start to do uh, you know charity and philanthropy a little bit. I, I can imagine, you know, because once after you've got everything you want, then you just start giving things away to other people and make them happier. I can see why people do that. People like Bill Gates, etc um but uh yeah i mean it's getting nice things but i mean you know in the grand scheme of things you know this you know i mean i've got so much junk in my i mean i'm really at gadgets i've got a room full of gadgets i don't use any of them i don't need any of it really you know but it's just <laughs> when i got it i thought i will use this you know but I, I just don't so uh yeah to a point but like i said i think it is nice nice things i suppose and But yeah, I guess you lose interest pretty quick as well. These days,
4: yeah. I'm like I said, I'm on vacation. Vacation for me, like a lot of people think, hey, we're going to go on holiday, we're going to do that. Not for me. I I encompass a list because I'm a homeowner of things I need to do, and then vacation is getting that list done. So I and I I enjoy that because it gets rid of all that clutter, all that stuff we don't need that I just don't have time to in, in the normal. In the normal week, so as I'm going through all the rooms in the house and the garage, I mean the amount of bags and and garbage that I have to toss out because. And I, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, like you said, give it to charity, do all that stuff.
5: I, I don't even have the patience for that. I just want to throw it away. I just want it to be, yeah. you know. Like, so. It's a nice feeling, though. You do get rid of stuff. I mean, I mean, I'm looking around the room I'm sat in now. I really have. I mean, I've got like, you know, one gigabyte hard drives from 1989 on just huge devices that I just never knows gonna want it or use it again. But I, for some reason, I kept it. It's like, why? You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: Oh, I just, just saw uh, a Razer phone in my garage. Yeah. I was like this flip phone from like probably 19, I don't know, not like 2000. And 4 and I'm like, okay. Is there anything on here I need? That's the first thing that came to my head,
5: and then I stuffed yeah, yeah. myself. and I'm like garbage. You know, like I'm yeah, not, I'm not gonna throw find phones it. out. But, yeah, there's always drawers full of phones, isn't there? People don't tend to throw them out. So uh, yeah, just in
4: case <laughs> there's that one contact, right? Or you can you can trick yourself in keeping anything. <laughs> yeah, but then well, you-
5: yeah, that's it. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a hoarder as such, but yeah, I do keep a lot of crap, and especially computer stuff. I just, I was a bit obsessed with computers, and I, I have so much rubbish that I just don't ever use. It's pointless, you know.
4: <laughs> I am a hoarder of, like, art. Like, I have all my VHS cassettes, all my cassette tapes. I just, like, pulled out a, a Sirith Ungol cassette tape I haven't seen for I don't know how long and put it in my so, truck. So I, I hoarded. The- yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah. I- yeah. Yeah. I mean- good uh, i mean that's yeah i'm, I'm the, I was i mean i kind of kept all the cassettes when i used to do demo, uh, tape trading um yeah. i had like, like kind of hundreds and hundreds of uh, c90 cassettes which but they were like in a hold all and i just i just wonder. i just threw them all i took them to the, the recycling unit i just threw them all away which was, i kind of wish i hadn't really but it was kind of i don't know i just would never you know i haven't got a cassette player so it's kind of i don't know all the memories gone <laughs> but you know i live to tell the story so it's not the end of the world you know yeah
4: i actually went out to a, a thrift store and i was like i because when i found my cassettes i'm like i went out to a thrift store i'm like i, I just want to hear them again for one more time and i and i found like a a boom box a sony boom box that probably cost like 300 dollars back in the day 9.99 yeah. right and so <laughs> I, I put the cassette in it hit, it works on play no fast forward or no rewind i'm like that's okay that's all i need let's just go with this you know so i can give them one more listen but uh yeah it's hard like you want to pass that on to your kids down the road like you think it's something that's gonna kind of you know affect their lives but i'm probably wrong huh they probably yeah well not
5: mine that. it's certainly not mine they have no interest at all in anything vaguely metal so it's, it's big. it would be completely wasted on them to be honest
4: but yeah there was a i did an interview and somebody uh told me a pat and oswald joke about hey make sure you get your kids into like uh tell them that you love like Phil Collins or something that's not metal at all and they'll rebel against you and like metal and uh yeah I think yeah yeah I think it's a great (laughs) idea so like now I'm learning that because I'm just gonna every time I see my kids I'm be like check out this dubstep it's amazing right so they'll be like no 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 and they'll run off and find something that I do like (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. no it's a Bieber
5: and stuff like that yeah
4: oh (laughs) man see and then that's that's my big fear man is if there's no like if i gotta fake that uh that uh, artistic connection but generations i think that's just everybody's dealt with man
5: you know yeah well i mean they, i mean when they were a little bit smaller they both came to see my cons uh see us see cpl in concert and uh they uh, you know i put uh, there's some headphones on at the back of the hall and they both fell asleep they both fell asleep which was incredible i mean they, they weren't like babies they were like you know like a uh, 12 13 or something like that and they, they both I just fell asleep with the heads on the table. Oh, <laughs>
4: Oh, that, that's a heartbreaker, man. <laughs>
5: uh, no, absolutely. but They're kind of into uh, But I mean, mu- you know, music to them, talking about disposable, music to them is disposable. You know, they just say a song they like, and never say I'll get you the album, they say, well, why would you get me the album? I don't want the album. I just like this song, you know? And that, even that mentality is strange for me, you know? I always want to check out the album, but no, not not now, you know?
4: And, and that's where <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful. Yeah, we talk about this all the time on the show, how we're trying to push, like, hey, you have to listen to records, you have to listen to albums, not this, just the song. No, Like, bands that we listen to, they write albums, they don't write... Write songs, you know. Um, yeah, exactly. And uh, and I I am just I always tell my lady I'm like I'm just happy that I get to ex- I got to experience that in my life. Even if I can't convince somebody else that my way is the right way, at least we got to experience that our entire yeah. life. It's completely,
5: prices. yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's, you know, I used to get incredibly exciting getting records, going out on Saturday afternoons and buying the new albums. I, I loved it. Yeah, it was a great part of life, actually. But okay. yeah, no, it's, it's 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 just you know, well, I always say that you know, like the McDonald's generation, you know, like my t- my two live an example of that. You know, they just really it's incredibly disposable to the music. You know, but uh, that's how it is, I guess. You know,
4: I do think that there is quite a possibility though that it's gonna it's gonna kind of turn around. Um, just because of how the world kind of is right now, I think there's a lot of people that are that are unhappy, but they can't put their finger on why. And I think that mm. that the the reason they can't put their finger on it is because they're not experiencing stopping life. They're not experiencing, you know, um, the hard work that it takes. To, and I and I trust me, I, I get it. If I had an iPad when I was seven or eight years old and all I had to do was click a button, I got a movie the experience of going to a theater, paying for it, getting popcorn and a drink and that whole thing might not feel that important because you're getting the same experience, you know? But uh, there's got to be a way
5: to like get people to... uh... (laughs) I guess it's it's when you get things easy, you know, it's easier to get rid of it, you know?
4: Yeah, I think I feel that way. Instant gratification. I mean, I think a lot of relationships are like that for people these days, unfortunately. I I've heard people break up because they fought over some, who took out the garbage and I'm like, Really? That's that's not a, yeah. not a divorceable <laughs> thing. You know <laughs> yeah,
5: yeah. So Yeah, it's uh but yeah no you know let's like say the the best the best things in life I guess are worth worth working for and working towards I guess. Uh, you know, it's uh, probably a pretty important thing to, to bear in mind. But, uh, uh, yeah, like I say, my, my my two are, yeah, they're very disposable in <laughs> how they are with music especially. And,
4: and that's another thing. Like, self-worth and, like, finding the way to love yourself is by hard work and achieving things for yourself, right? And when it's really easy, it, that's what I'm scared of is that people are never going to feel that same uh, – I guess self worth, you know, in a way.
5: Yeah, I think I think you know, you know, I think everything's, uh, you know, about it's about work, you know when you work for something, it always, it always means more, you know. I mean, it's always just I don't think I've ever had anything that became easy that that, that that was as enjoyable as something. Yeah, I think that's I think that's about you know the work the work thing is about being a human being, you know, making you feel better as a person as well. I think you know, um, I don't know how it would be to like be a billionaire's kid who gets everything on a plate. I have no idea, but. I can't imagine being particularly nice people, you know? Yeah. There
4: was a, there was a quote, I think Jarmusch, Jim Jarmusch said it, and he said uh, every great director, every great musician, every great um, filmmaker at a certain time, the reason they were great is because they made every decision and it wasn't based on money. Now, that I don't think reflects today's society at all. I think people have to make decisions you know for money but back then that ethos and that kind of like because i remember there was a time where even when i was growing up if someone sold out quote unquote it was like burning records insanity right now and it's now it's like it's impossible to sell out it's just to stay kind of alive in this business you know so you grew up in that
5: time yeah i think there's a real yeah i mean it it seems i mean i mean i mean we sort of always done what we wanted to do just because we, well, that's where we wanted to go. You know, hopefully it was from an artistic, artistic point of view, but people would definitely see it differently. I mean, if you're like a heavy band and then you stop being heavy, they instantly sell out, but not necessarily. It just means you kind of don't want to do that thing anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's. it's uh, I think... Um I know, and also, I think it depends how sort of narrow minded you are with music. I mean, I mean, I think the more extreme music, more extreme metal music, people, and especially with younger fans, they're going to be very, very narrow minded. Because I mean, I was like that. You know, I would be when I was a young teenager. I'd be very quick to point the finger at a band selling out. But sometimes bands just get kind of sick of doing the same thing. You know, it's not always. You know, you, you don't you, you're not instantly going to you're going to sell more albums or make money because you change. I mean, that doesn't that certainly doesn't go hand in hand with, with the, especially with extreme you know metal music. So uh, you know, there's I think there's for us, it's always about the artistic integrity first. But I mean, you know, if you if you are a professional musician, you always have to think about that side as, as well. You know, I mean, we're not going to do a flamenco album anytime soon. <laughs> it'd probably uh, be good though, but no, I don't think <laughs> well, it'd be it'd, yeah, to laugh at it and forget about it. But uh, it's. But yeah, it's, you know, you, you've got to keep your eye on, on every aspect of it, especially when you become, you know, if you're doing it professionally, I guess.
4: And that's something I always remind myself, because when I was a kid, everything was black and white, black and white. It was this or that. And then it's like, when you start living in the gray area where life really is, right? I don't know what age you break out of that black and white mentality. Uh, some people never do, I guess. But for me, it was like probably around
5: 24, 25, where I didn't take things so personal. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I was, I was very similar, very similar to all minded like that, you know, I, it was... I, can't, I mean, you know, but I mean, I think uh, a band like Kelly Frost, they changed. he they changed in a way, where, but I sort of accepted that change because they were so very avant-garde and off the wall and different. I kind of said, okay, well, that's where they have gone now, so I don't mind that. Cause, but uh, some other artists, so were just, oh my God, this is, you know, the producer changed the sound too much and. Yeah, but like you said, I think probably early 20s when you think, oh, well, it's not the end of the world, you know.
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But before then, like, that's why I never get mad at these people that get so angry about things. I'm like, oh, they're probably of that age where I oh, – we were all there. I think we were all there where we felt betrayed by, you know, someone that we thought was, like, we put on an echelon, you know, of a way. Oh, to, oh for sure, they yeah. They evolved or they, you know, like, my favorite artist is 35 and I'm, I'm 17
5: and now I don't relate to them, but it's like, come on, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. There's, 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 there's definitely that element going on, and so I mean, sometimes you know, and it, when I think sometimes artists have had a lot of success, they're hanging out in different circles to so what they originally are, and then they maybe hanging out with different musicians, and then they get influenced by loads of different things. So it's like you know, it's not always so cut and dry as the fact that they're just trying to do it to make money. You know, which probably a lot most of the time it isn't about that. You know?
4: Yeah, I think you're, yeah, and you realize that later in life. I I, I was well aware. I always blamed money on it but then I when I needed money and I realized okay no it's not about that especially after like a 30-year career if you don't have any changes how are you passionate about everything nobody's the same person when they're 18 you know 18 to 28 the, the change is extremely drastic, you know, I, oh, yeah. for most people, not for everyone. But I, I think if you didn't involve, that's bad, you know. So yeah. um, last question I want to ask you, the Blood and Chaos video, the song is, you know, great track. It's It's been out. Uh, what was the inspiration behind the idea of this video?
5: It was about, uh, I mean, what well, I initially said about um, the story of Lord, Lord of the Flies, because I just I like the idea of like, some chaotic scenario, but it was just about, something and nothing you know like everyday objects becoming like you know in the video it's about he just gets he gets some batteries for the kid but the fact he's, he's kind of killing people for batteries it's you know it's, it's such an insignificant thing that, that becomes so important so i guess it's a bit like mad max with the try to kill people for gas you know it's a similar thing it's just like the little things you take for granted become the biggest things to people in when in a, in a kind of bleak environment where there's you know there's not a lot of things around and and our man becomes kind of primitive in those circumstances so uh so yeah it's a bit of a kind of vibe but you know that obviously when we suggested it we said oh yeah a bit like lord of the flies kind of vibe you know but obviously they're not kids on a beach but the thing is where little things become big things you know
4: yeah no that's and i actually love that about it is because i i think that if i wanted to listen to my music and i needed some batteries
5: this might <laughs> happen right <laughs> you know, like, yeah well yeah, like yeah a lot of us but, but i mean that's yeah that, when I first watched it, though, I mean, I followed it all the way through and I didn't really know what was going on. Then when he get the batteries at the end, I thought, yeah, that's great. I like that. You know, it's quite maybe a little bit of humor in there as well. But still, you know, I quite like that
4: yeah so uh nick i want to thank you so much for calling in new record medusa guys is out now um i think a lot of us when we got the play within uh, a couple years back were blown away by that this record is right on par it's just as awesome um and and like you said on this uh european tour coming out uh november 26th with paul bear you're gonna hear a lot of the tracks uh hopefully the majority of the record which is exciting for any fan uh it's definitely exciting for you guys as well to play those songs so um anyways nick i just want to thank you so much man for giving us this chat and uh calling into the metal sucks
5: podcast yeah thanks man appreciate it thanks a lot. thanks a lot cheers man Cool. cool
3: Sucks Podcast.
1: Tasty. Dude, it's good. Did you get me saying go? Did I? Who keeps li- so this shit? We'll fucking edit it out. My God, dude. <laughs> you <laughs> should keep this in. Yes. Just show them did the you get realness. Did me saying go? Show them the
0: realness of, what? Your, of your friendship. He just, what
1: the what? <laughs> we we're going to have to I edit don't know it out. who go Motley is, dude. From I... the beginning? You don't know <laughs> you who Muttley is? is? No, who's Motley. He's a dog. You, never remember, you don't remember Hanna that Bar- Hit a Barbera. Hit a
4: Barbera.
0: With Whiplash, and he had the dog that would go.
4: Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, just that's how I laugh. I, that laugh was like, I
0: laugh like Muttley. The song you guys Rizzo heard sounded
4: like this, see? <laughs> the song you guys heard, I'm sorry. That was Wario. We're not going to edit this out because Pete said go. Anyways. So. <laughs> Keep it in. We're artists. <laughs> the song you guys, uh, the first song you guys heard off of the new record Medusa from Paradise Lost. The first song, Blood and Chaos, I do highly recommend you guys checking out the video. Real cool. Second song, uh, Symbolic Virtue. They're both off the new record Medusa. Um, Great record, guys. I highly recommend it. And this was not the last interview of the day. We're going to roll into this next one where I got to talk to co-founder of Metal Sucks. The boss wants to talk. The boss wanted to talk. We talked. Axel Rosenberg and uh, Emperor Emperor Rombrus, a.k.a. Chris Crovaton, which is... Chris Crovaton, which is pro-Satan. That's what it rhymes with, because I said it wrong in the interview. Anyways, guys, they're talking about Hellraisers. You do not want to not pre-order this book right now. You want to order it.
1: That rhyme came from the streets. That was like (laughs) the most (laughs) double negatives I've ever heard.
0: You don't want not to want. (laughs) Like, like what? (laughs) Do they want to or do they not?
4: They don't want to. They want to pre-order Hellraisers right now on (laughs)
1: Amazon.com. Oh, it's so good when Jaws and I team up against you. I know. Oh, it tastes so good. I know why you guys love it Let's
4: jump into this interview and see if uh, axel and chris uh, team up on me you never guess if they do or not let's oh. go right now guys
1: <laughs> if they don't i'll be disappointed
4: <laughs> Boom. all right it's peter here metal sucks podcast i have the co-authors of hellraisers on the phone with me chris crow aka emperor rhombus and axel rosenberg metal sucks co-founder my boss guys how are you today how are you? Oh, you're drinking already that, that is going gonna make this interview much better. So Axel, let me start with you how did you, uh, how did Hellraisers come to fruition from the, uh, from the um, process to the execution process? So it actually
6: started with Chris was was uh, working for the publisher <clears throat> excuse me Chris was working for the publisher of the quarter group and he called me up and said, hey, they have been talking to me about writing a book about metal, but I think it's a lot for one person to take on. Do you want to do it with me? Uh, write it with me, so to speak. And I said yes, and we were
4: off to the races. Hey, Emperor Rhombus, what part of the metal genre history in the book were you just not into? Ha. Um, it's funny, uh, early on, Axel and I had
7: this conversation about like each of us had one Subgenre that we didn't just, just really didn't give a shit about. And at the end of the day for me, uh, it was probably glam. Um, I, I like a lot of glam metal. I love Twisted Sister. Um, but like, to me, G and R are one album band and the phenomenon that is glam and like the culture and that, that reverence of glam has never been something I've been interested in. And so that was good because I could just give that chapter to Axel who actually had thoughts on it other than eh, you know?
4: Axel, uh, your thoughts on the glam scene? You you, you love glam, right? You've got a keel tattoo. Yeah,
6: glam. <laughs> I don't have any tattoos, unfortunately. Nor, nor do I. So <laughs> I Vince, for that matter, uh, glam was like my gateway drug. You know, yeah. um, like we don't call ourselves Axel and Vince for no reason. Believe it or not, those are not the names our our moms gave us. So yeah, so I have a soft spot for it. Whereas like. New metal, you know, with a couple of notable exceptions, like System of a Down and Seven Dust, I just think is a heaping pile of garbage that I just always associate with jocks. Um, so, you know, it was a very easy, like, like Chris said, it was very easy to say, like, well, I'm going to do this and you do that. Even the notes that we wrote to each other on those respective chapters were funny in a derogatory way. <laughs>
4: Chris, I'm taking it that new metal. You actually had a, a softer spot. Those are my least two favorite genres that you guys just mentioned, by the way. So for you, Chris, though, new metal, oh, you're, sure. you're okay with I know, right? I'm a cliche when it comes to the game. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, but yeah, man, for me, new metal was my gateway drug. Um, I really liked that sort
7: of punch to it growing up. Um, you know, I was very much... Uh, it was funny because I feel like there there are two sides of the new metal thing. One of them is, as Axel said, is jocks. And the other one is like the weird Tim Burton-ish like broken doll kids. And so I was definitely one of those early on as metalhead. And, um, so I love new metal. I love a lot of the weirdness of it. I love bands. Like I love Power Man 5000. That band was one of the bands that really like got me in kind of a weird Halloween-ish way. Um, all of it stemmed from a love of Rob Zombie who had similarly just that punchy effective riff. So, uh, so yeah, it was very funny because we got the new metal, and I was sort of like, "Am I gonna have to fight Axel for new metal?" And he was like, "Please take
6: new metal." So <laughs> luckily, that was not the case. It was actually in my contract. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not writing anything about new metal. So
4: Axel, glam bands. What glam bands? And we'll move on past after this question, guys. What glam band um, do you think is extremely underrated and never got there due?
6: God, that's a good question. So, man, honestly, there's a bunch of them, dude. Uh, The band that I think really got screwed by the way they looked was probably Cinderella. Mm -hmm. Um, if, If you listen to that shit now, a lot of it is very, like, southern Rocky. kind of, like, surprisingly, you know, a mix between Led Zeppelin and ACDC and, like, the shit that the Black Crows ended up doing. And I think if they hadn't looked like morons, like, they might have have been taken more seriously. LA Guns, I think, were really underrated, uh, perpetually living in the shadow of Guns N' Roses, who I think, to an extent, were underrated, although I know it's hard to argue a band's underrated when they make 10 squillion dollars a week and Skid Row got like just royally screwed by all of the glam metal fallout because they were barely glam I was going to say I think Skid Row is like a cheesy thrash band more than anything yeah. else you see know? that's interesting because I don't think that's how history mm-hmm. perceives them but I think you're probably right
4: I think it's a great assessment for me the two glam bands or I don't even call them a lot of glam but like, enough is enough I remember getting a tape when i was like nine years old and i found it like, uh-huh. eight years later and i'm telling you i'm like this is uh-huh. really good man what is this bad right and so the look in the tape was glam i don't know if they're considered uh-huh. glam band are, are you a fan of enough? they are
6: considered i do not like enough enough
7: <laughs> i think of the i think of the fly high michelle music video as like
6: the biggest like fucking music video abortion of all time, man. If if you've never seen that video, I, like, strongly encourage you to seek it out, because it's a one-step above, like, they used to have this booth at Macy's where for, like, five dollars, you could come and, quote-unquote, make your own music video. Like, you would just stand in front of a green... exactly. Like, rainbow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they would put shit like that behind you. And, like, this looks like it was, like, maybe one-step above that. Wow. It's funny actually, one of my one of my early jobs at Metal Sucks was or
7: early like pieces that I got on Metal Sucks was I watched that video late at night and emailed that and Vince being like, Did you guys know this occurred? Like, did you does the world know about the Fly High Michelle video? And I remember they wrote a piece the next day being like
6: Chris uh, wrote to us to remind us that this is the worst fucking thing on the face of the I, earth. I had completely forgotten about it. <laughs> um, but I'm so glad it came back into my life. <laughs>
4: uh, I'm taking it no, in hell Uh that will, Enough's Enough will not be
6: covered. I'm not even, I honestly can't remember if we even mentioned them or not. <laughs> I have the book in front of me. I'm looking in the playlist at the back of the chapter but I don't think there's an Enough's Enough track. Uh, right. Fly high, Michelle is a catchy song, but it's like they're only... Nope, I just did a Apple F on the manuscript. The word enough with two F's. It's uh, not here. <laughs> it's not here a single time. Yes. My apologies to Ch- to Chips Enough, if he's listening. <laughs> Chips <laughs> to Chips Enough, the Danny of his time, man. I mean, that's the thing of like, even as a ten-year-old kid who thought that all this shit was cool, I was like, Chips Enough, fuck you. Like, he really took the, There was the namesake trend, which started, you know, I think, like somebody's going to say Dio, but in terms of glam, I think really starts with Van Halen. And then the names got increasingly ridiculous over time. So suddenly we ended up with like Mark Slaughter, which is very silly. And then Mm -hmm. fucking Kip Winner, which is also very silly. And then fucking Chips Enough, which is just like... The stupidest thing ever. And so,
4: as far as new metal though, who is the new metal band? And I was alive and well during the new metal scene, so I think I'll know exactly who sure, you're talking about. Sure. Who is the new metal band that never got the cred? And if I hear Primer Fifty Five, I'm just going to stop. I can't have that. Uh, yeah. uh, it's so funny because
7: Primer Fifty Five is the band I bring up as an example. Of, like when people think of new metal as like a famous genre, I'm like, there was this whole second tier of bands like like the Union Underground and Primer 55, who were like these, these burgeoning new metal guys whose just names no one knows now. But um, the new metal band who didn't get enough cred was this band I love called The Deadlights, mm. um, named after a thing, actually, interestingly enough, given the, the huge box office response, it's named after a thing in Stephen King's It. And um, uh, this band had a really cool, aggressive, gothy, but kind of goth-hippie kind of vibe to it. And um, I just I love that debut album It blew my mind It has a track on it Called Eclipse" that is just like crushes And um, a number of years ago I looked into him, And I, I I think I wrote something For the blog And I actually found out That the front man Duke passed away And uh, You know It was interesting Because I, I did this Interview with his mom And talked about Sort of Everything And It's one of those albums Where like I know my I was the only Fucking person in the world Who bought this album But like a million and one commenters came out. It was a rare moment where all the commenters in Metal Sucks weren't just, like, the most horrible sack of dicks. Like, it really came out being, like, I loved that band and whatnot. So that that's the band who, if there's an album, I would say go out to hear how, like, new metal could be done in a really cool way um, that no one noticed.
6: I would say it's that debut Deadlights album. I think that was really unfair to Sacks of Dicks.
4: And I it was. I, I, I don't mean to insult them. Are there are any Sacks of Dicks listening. It's
6: no, not about like, you. Come
4: on, it, you know, of the time. I actually concur on that deadlights record. I, I own that record. I thought it was an amazing one. <laughs> so say it again. I don't I don't own uh any Cinderella. I just remember the Nobody's Fool video and, and I was really young at the time, but there wasn't a prettier man in the world. And then at the end of the video he just like looked at the scroll in the eye and she she like turned into like this white dress. I don't know if you know the Nobody's Fool uh, video, Chris, but yeah, of course It is uh <laughs> I mean, Yeah, that song That song gave me goosebumps When I was like five I'm telling you So
6: It was a game, uh, game I like that song I would I would uh I would recommend uh There's a song called Oh my god I'm the worst pothead ever I can't wait. I'm gonna tell you What this song is called It's got the word Shelter in the title And it's a great Fucking song Shelter me Easy enough That's what I would <laughs> Tell everybody to listen to When I say like they were not. Re- they were really a southern rock band who kind of got screwed by their own image.
4: And honestly, dude, um, you know, if, I- if anybody watches the Metal Mayhem they have on that MTV Classics, they they do this Metal Mayhem where they give you kind of like a Headbangers Ball mix. Cinderella is huge in the mix. Huge. It's like every episode you can get one Cinderella and one Rat. For some reason, Rat's always in there too. Um, and then Rat was also pretty good. Yeah, and then I'll, and then they'll yeah. they'll follow it up with Death the Philosopher. It's it's an interesting show. So uh, and moving on <laughs> to the next. That's kind of
6: what Headbangers Ball was like when I was a kid, though. Yeah. And I think, yeah, like, man, when it was, I awful, think that was just like metal. Period. Yeah, it was like, is this loud with guitars? Then it's on fucking Headbangers Ball. And I was ten years old, so none of that seemed weird. Like seeing Poison next to Venom didn't seem weird right like they were both loud with guitars and they were both named after Deadly Thing
4: yeah, I completely agree. I was watching it yesterday dude and it went Queensryche, uh, Eyes of a Stranger Sabotage and then sure enough it was Death and I was like that those three songs and they always break to commercial up to three videos but I'm like that's what I remember it being like like I really like everything here and it's totally different but they have yeah. no new metal on uh, no new metal on, on Metal Mayhem, except for like Slayer 96 they got some of that but they don't have any activity. In <laughs> so. uh, it's funny because I remember when I was watching M T V they had like the rock
7: show back when no one wanted to say Return the Return of the Rock. Return of the Rock, thank you. It man. was uh
6: it was that's the where, headbanger's ball for Newman. Right, right. It
7: was a headbanger's ball with like flames on a work shirt as opposed to like a tight ripped sleeveless shirt. And uh it was I remember that's where I saw like Kitty and Slipknot and uh, Disturbed and The Deadlights, I remember. I saw them on that and was sort of like, okay, I'll take a look into it. But it is it is really funny to look at those bands then because then you, like, read interviews with those bands and, and they're just, even at the time, they were just desperately trying to be cult. They were like, we love Emperor. And you're like, nice try, Mudvayne, you motherfuckers. <laughs> Guys, I hate
6: to break this to you, but there is a generation of people who think of the Mudvayne dudes as the Hell Yeah dudes.
7: Yeah. Huh. That's the most depressing fucking thing I've ever heard. <laughs> there has
6: not been a mud
7: vein in ten years. Like I want to drink hard liquor now, as opposed to beer, just because you mentioned that. You know, sorry. I mean, sorry. I guess, but, but maybe that's what Hell Yeah wanted all along. Is I'd be like, I'm drinking hard liquor now. Thanks, guys. And then like, yeah, hey, brother. So
4: <laughs> now you're out the falling ass.
5: And that reunion
4: <laughs> not happening yet is really weird to me. I just felt like there's, like, I don't feel like any of those guys are doing anything. I know Hell Yeah is paying bills. I'm not saying it's not, but I don't feel they're doing anything, I guess, relevant to not have a Mudvayne reunion, especially at this time when it seems like New Metal's kind of, uh, it's, it's, it's peaking again a little bit, you know? Yeah.
2: It'll
7: happen. W- It'll happen. I wonder if there's just one dude who like, if it's like, you know, look, fucking, Silver face with blue hair is in, and yellow and black face is in, but spiky hair red face is just not having it, you know what I mean? So, uh,
6: All right, well, I'm sure there's some beef there, and at some point someone's going to have to send a kid to college, and beef is going to become less of an issue. Yes, that's, that's And that's, I think that's that'll be answer.
4: fine. I like that answer
6: because yeah. I want kids going to college. I
4: like it. <laughs> <Back to you. laughs> and we're back guys and that is uh, part two of that interview is going to be coming up next week dude we dive into much more stuff but uh yeah fucking fun talk a fantastic book guys do not do yourself a disservice and not pre-order hellraisers today amazon.com like we said in the interview it's only 1925 right now it's on sale hard cover and that will do it my friends for the medals not a lot of us this week People, no, people are probably going to love this episode. Yeah,
0: they're like, shut yeah. the fuck up, you guys.
1: No, there was a lot of Pete. That's where they're like, oh, yeah.
4: Uh-huh. They're like, uh-huh. hey, going to get into the interviews yeah. here. It's a transition. Yeah. That's um, what's happening. We're
0: working now. on it. We're working yeah. on it.
4: Don't worry. It's me for a while, but Jaws will jump in, and then maybe even Denny. Who knows? Who fuck knows? It. Nobody Denny's. wants to
0: talk to Denny. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, you just keep hitting buttons over there, Denny. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's why we give him headphones and no mic. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is funny to watch him laugh and nobody cares. Yeah. It's like, we got our own audience, yeah. a one-person audience. <laughs> <laughs> Like, all right, we're doing all right.
4: One person likes us. Who gives a shit? And next week, guys, uh, is Brandon's last no. episode. We will uh, do nothing special for no. him. Nothing.
0: I was going to bring him a cake, but then I was like, nah.
4: Who gives him a cake for quitting?
2: Yeah,
4: exactly. <laughs> <Welcome>. <laughs> all right, guys. You're a fucking con. Okay. Until then, my friends, we <laughs> will talk to song. you guys. The <laughs> 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 bridesmaids are all proud of you. Yeah, <laughs> next week, see you guys. The Metal Sucks Podcast
3: is
0: signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.